Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. <laughs> All right, that's you're good. waving around. You're, you're waving your hands around like there are bees attacking you. Bee, not the bees. <laughs> the bees. God, that's the best remake of all time. It really is. Everything Nicolas Cage touches, dude, it just turns to something worse than it was before. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. Marcus, what are we? Uh, what what are white males? We're friends, Marcus. We're friends. <laughs> and now Boko Haram and ISIS are friends too. Boko Haram promised uh, to treat ISIS well. They sent a promise ring in the mail, so ISIS <laughs> should be getting that very very soon. And they're buddies now. They're chums. It's very very sweet. It really is. Yeah. So now ISIS and Boko Haram are all they're all just ISIS. And really, I mean, there's going to be a, not too much is going to change as far as um, what they do because they're going to continue just doing bad things. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, Boko Haram, uh, if you don't know, Nigerian-based Islamist terror group. Uh, they've up. done some terrible things. Some might argue that they are more hardcore than the w- more well-known ISIS. They are more hardcore, but they are in an area that nobody cares about. <laughs> and that's the major problem. Location, location, location. Mm-hmm. How many times have I told this to every single terrorist that I know. You've got to murder the right people on the right land. Boko Haram, <laughs> who cares that they kidnapped 295 innocent girls and sold them into sex slavery? ISIS burnt a Jordanian pilot. It's about getting headlines, people. It's about getting headlines. Absolutely. It is actually extremely racist, the lack of coverage of Boko Haram. So I think what they've done is they've tried to, um, they've definitely a step up in the cool game. Mm. They're at the cool kids table now. They got the right sneakers. They got the proper Air Jordans. And now they're allowed to hang out with the cool kids. Yeah. I would say that Boko Haram is uh, to ISIS what Edmund Kemper is to Jeffrey Dahmer. Sure. And of course, Marcus uh, references Edmund Kemper might not be the last time he references the uh, the California serial killer currently doing some research on the man. That's right. But Edmund Kemper, yes. he uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, very well known. We all know Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, but Edmund sure. Kemper, arguably more brutal than Jeffrey Dahmer, but much less well-known. Although he didn't quite kill as many people. No, he didn't kill as many people. And, you know, actually, know what? That doesn't work at all because Edmund Kemper was killing uh, white girls and Jeffrey Dahmer was killing black males. So we can scratch that whole thing. Scratch the whole theory. (laughs) No, but a lot of people, obviously, uh, Boko Haram came out. They made a nice little video for ISIS. Obviously, this all happens, you know, via social media. Everybody flirts like they're in sixth grade. And Boko Haram is very, very happy that ISIS said yes. <laughs> what did they say, oh, Boko Haram? What did they say? <laughs> ISIS says yes. <laughs> Boko Haram, how did you propose? Oh, you made a terroristic video saying you're going to kill all the infidels on YouTube? Oh, you're so romantic. You're so romantic, Boko Haram. ISIS and you are going to live long, as long as the United States government allows you to. <laughs> Crazy. Yep. You well, U.S. intelligence officials they have they said they have some doubts as to how the two groups are going to get along. They don't think mm. the U.S. doesn't you think it's going to last. You're telling me two sociopathic groups aren't going to become quick friends? <laughs> 
I can't wait. Yeah, hopefully they just tear each other apart. Boko Haram extremely way, um, it's not under the radar because everything is reported that they do, but the atrocity level that they have, uh, that they have achieved not not fully respected by the Western media. No, it's a face, it, it's Facebook repost uh, right. level, but it's not CNN level. And you know, obviously, we're going to be discussing a little bit about uh, uh, Attorney General Eric Holder came out. the the uh, justice The Justice Department has their uh, the full report on the Ferguson uh, the Ferguson incident between uh, Officer Darren Wilson and, of course, uh, Michael Brown. Same situation. With Ferguson, the problem with the coverage of Boko Haram, there is a little bit of racism. Once again, like I was saying earlier, Boko Haram isn't killing the right complexion of people. They're in the wrong country. And basically, whenever you live in a world that nobody cares about, uh, madness reigns. And it certainly reigns for them in Africa. Mm-hmm. So let's get in now with this. So Eric Holder came out. A very large uh, report. Everybody won. There's some big winners on both sides. And, of course, by that, I mean the entire world is terrible. <laughs> if, you were to watch, if you were to watch Fox News or, or listen to more conservative um, radio shows or read conservative blogs, you would have thought that this report just came out and told everybody that the Ferguson police should be offered and a, uh, a uh, they should be given a, a Nobel Peace Prize for how they act in their community. Turns out Michael Brown most likely did not have his hands up. Uh, they, there was a reason that Officer Darren Wilson wasn't indicted. The information that came out appears that that situation unfolded more more likely uh, to the uh, narrative that Darren Wilson has put forward as opposed to um, the friends of Michael Brown's. Okay, so that's just one situation. But that was the thing, that was the... That was the uh, the fire that lit the fuse on a much larger powder keg of problems. Now, if you watch MSNBC and more liberal magazine, if you read more liberal things online, you will think that, um, you know, Ferguson is the most racist place on the face of the planet. And it is the, it is the, it is only um, it is it is not any if you even have a tan, <laughs> if you went to Florida on vacation and you have to drive through Missouri circle around Ferguson. That's how racist um, the rest of the report paints the Ferguson Police Department to be. And it is truly terrifying, some of these events that were occurring in Ferguson. To regular civilians, just the population of the town, these cops were used basically as an extension of the tax man. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, I like my tax man to be frumpy. (laughs) I like my tax man to wear glasses that are constantly constantly falling off his head i want my tax man to have a little bit of sweat under teat (laughs) under teat sweat that's how i want my tax man to look i don't want my tax man to come to my window knock on my door and be armed like a slightly poorer batman (laughs) which is really what these people were doing in 2011 and marcus you have some stats here in 2011 the city of ferguson made roughly a million dollars they collected that through fines citations tickets for jaywalking speeding etc by 2013 they found a way to make some money 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 turns out you just take it from random people whenever the hell you want to two million dollars is what they got in 2012 and when they let the city manager know about this in an internal email he responded awesome great guys (laughs) are you are you are you ruining people's civil liberties in the process (laughs) wonderful guys super so what happens is people got pulled over 
on a uh, on a regular basis for very very small crimes such as seatbelt violations. This is why I do not like the seatbelt violation fine. I don't like that it's oftentimes a um, you can be pulled over for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a second uh, a, where you know you get pulled over for driving. You know, whatever drunk they tag on the seatbelt violation, yeah. but they can't theoretically just pull you over for the seatbelt violation. So. Um, you know, so you have these situations where these people will be pulled over for one thing and the police would just attempt like a video game, like a game of pinball, which is very, very popular right now with the hipster youth. <laughs> they can't get enough of the pinball. Hey, I, I, okay, fine. Never mind. There's a pinball craze going on. I love on. pinball. You love pinball? I've loved pinball my entire well, life. Well, then you know what, Marcus? You're a racist Ferguson cop. <laughs> we all know it. Basically, what they would do is just to pull over somebody and attempt to get the highest score possible, the number one score, the ultimate winner. I'm not sure the officer who achieved such success, 14 different fines, violations levied on one person during one single traffic stop. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they said the report says that the police stops had little relation to public safety and a questionable basis in law. And the, the people who were uh, searched... It was uh, much, much, much more likely that a black person would be searched. Yes. Even though it was much less likely they would actually find contraband on uh, on one of the black residents, as opposed to when they did search a white dude or a white gal, they found a bunch of drugs. <laughs> Why? Because you have to look real guilty <laughs> to get pulled over while driving white in Missouri. Mm-hmm. You have to pretty much have a bumper sticker that says, uh, the only pigs that I like are dead ones, <laughs> and uh, and then it has a little hog on a spit, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. And your and your um, license plate has to be a vanity plate, it just calls like grass dick eight. <laughs> I smoke so much weed, my dick turned into it. Whatever. So when that's that's why when they did end up searching the white people, they were like, of course, yeah, very obviously guilty. So very very sad stuff. Out of Ferguson, they're de- they're debating just getting rid of the entire police department, firing everybody, and bringing in a, new, a whole new crop of people. But really, this is a problem that's happening all over the country. We discussed on the last episode um, in Chicago, they have the black sites, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's not it's not just a clever name; it's mostly black people in them. Um, <laughs> that tends to be the case. Obviously, there are some white people in there as well. Again, the white people that are held at the black site, I have slightly less th- sympathy for solely because the stories that I heard, most of them did have pipe bumps. Hey, due process, Ben. Okay, I know. I'm just we saying. We all deserve I'm due just process, saying. no matter what the crime. I'm just saying. They did have pipe bumps. Okay. <laughs> okay. But uh, so we've heard about that. And now there was a situation right here in Brooklyn, uh, in New York City. They do they do a similar situation to the black sites, but it's done in a much it's done in a place that you can also go and get a continental breakfast at. <laughs> They've been holding people in hotels since 1993. We had a DA, uh, Mr. Hines, in 1993. He started a program. Basically, uh, it was called by one inmate that was forced to be in these hotels, the Guantanamo of the Hudson. Now that's I don't think he came up with that himself. I don't know, but I like the Guantanamo of the Hudson. <laughs> It sounds like a terrible, terrible place to be. And, of course, we just had a situation now in Wisconsin. They've got their own uh, mini Ferguson happening, although the racial tensions between the police department and the, uh, and the civilians uh, is not nearly on the level of what was happening in Ferguson, Missouri. Again, the shooting of Michael Brown, was the l- it lit a, a, a bomb that was going to be lit by—it could have been any event. 
Yeah. You know, really, it, it was it was a powder keg moment. This has been happening for years. Madison, Wisconsin is not really the case. That's where I uh, did a lot of comedy shows. Mm. And, of course, I was in Madison regular, being a Wisconsin native. Um, very liberal city. And for the most part, I don't recall uh, racial tension when it came to the police force and the civilians. But there was another situation where an, arm, uh, an unarmed uh, kid, he's half black, I believe half white. He's biracial. He was shot by a cop who had, uh, who had uh, previously shot another fella. Suicide by cop in 2007. Right, which is, you know, that's a... Uh, that is a very dickhead way to commit suicide. It's, and that's uh, why you wanted to commit suicide in the first place, because you can never do anything on your own. <laughs> you know, if you're going to commit suicide, I have more respect for the person who actually goes out there, commits that suicide by themselves. Of course. You, no, know, you never that involve other people. Never involve other people in a way that doesn't hurt anybody else. So don't do it while you're driving down the goddamn highway. No. Stay, pull over, please. Don't jump off a building. You never know who you're going to hit. You know, maybe it's, I mean, people say if, if a bird shits on your head, it's good luck. If a human lands on you, I don't know. Maybe it's like a bunch of good luck, but probably not. You're probably just paralyzed for the rest of your life because this jerk off was upset with his ex-wife. So this officer had one, one death under his belt and it was a suicide by a cop. But let's see where this situation unfolds. Because I think it's different, and of course the news media, the vultures that they are, are all over it. They smell blood in the water. Already with uh, many protests, the Capitol was full of protests, and out of all the things to be protesting in Wisconsin, there are so many to choose from. Such Uh, as? uh, Okay. (laughs) Scott Walker's lazy eye. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lazy eyes must go. The union busting. The fact that Scott Walker compared unions to ISIS Mm. and now Boko Haram. Yeah. There are a lot of things to be protesting in Wisconsin. And I'm not quite sure if this is one of those things yet. Because, again, we have no information whatsoever. But the thing that always interests me, people pretend like these are spontaneous um, human events, these protests. It is. These are very planned, calculated um, left maneuvers that they that you know the left uses to galvanize uh, and uh, you know to, to show the uh, the strength in numbers for their cause. We know no we know nothing about this case whatsoever, other than it was a white officer, which they let you know, and it was a uh, it was a biracial teen. But you don't just people don't have random fifty foot. Uh, you know, canvas, uh, marching, uh, you know, marching flags that say Black Lives Matter in the, in their closet. You know, these things, these don't, they don't just pop out of nowhere. They're very politically motivated events. And the one dangerous thing is not one Fox News didn't recant, MSNBC didn't recant. Nobody recanted all the uh, all the nonsense they were saying after mm. Ferguson. No one recanted all the mistakes that were made on either side. No. So right now, of course, we have Wisconsin, which is full of. Um, Full of protesters, and you know, really, I mean, we'll see where it goes. But these are these are spontaneous; these are not spontaneous events. These are orchestrated things that people, uh, especially with Wisconsin, it's a young uh, college crowd. Summer is a uh, spring is spring is coming, mm-hmm. which is a good time to be marching. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. I don't, I can't, I, I do not think it's going to have the same. Um, I don't think we're going to find, as we go through the layers of the Wisconsin, uh, Madison, Wisconsin Police Department, I don't think we're going to find the, the same unbelievable bias and racism that the uh, 
the DOJ report found when it came to Ferguson. Yeah. So uh, let's not tie all these things together. Yeah, I think uh, what it kind of seems like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, it seems like it's well, the reason why anytime a young black man is, is or young unarmed black man is killed by a white police officer, I think this is just, I think this is just the new normal. When this happens, there will be a protest. It's just something like right. it's, it's a just these and, two things are know, just going to go hand in hand. And that's not a bad thing necessarily. It's a sad statement. Just having people like a fireman always has his boots ready to go because fires occur regularly. <laughs> like you don't yeah, necessarily you wait, a, like yeah, now it, people do have like they have their like when the next black person gets killed by a white officer, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I got my marching boots. I got my flag. <laughs> I got my chance going down very, very strong right now. People are working on them in the mirror, you know, as if I did when I started doing stand-up comedy. I would just stare at my face in the mirror and attempt to make myself smile. It never happened once. But it is uh, very, it's very, you're right. It is, it is the new, it is a normal thing now, obviously. You know, we had the marches that are still happening this week with Selma. And, uh, you know, so it's really tying into a uh, it ties into a larger narrative. But we have to be careful that we don't d- don't overblow it because then the entire thing, then it, then it really it's the boy it, who cried wolf. And, and it really it, it, it's, it's the if the cornerstone of the argument um, begins to get eroded by a whole bunch of um, cases that aren't nearly as uh, as apparently that that aren't actually truly you know um, e- examples of institutional racism, then everything is going to fall apart. Because then the le- the right is going to point to all these stories that the left has been talking about, debunk everything, and then they're going to have the ability, which is the which is what they are currently doing with the Ferguson report, to ignore all of the actual truth that that report did talk about. And if you're on the right. This is like such an unbelievably strong libertarian case. I mean, there is no doubt that these cops are tax people going after individuals who don't have any extra cash to spare in the first damn place. Yeah, but they take that the opportunity uh, to use a, well, you know, if they just didn't break the law. Everyone then, breaks the law. Yeah, uh, but that's always that, you know, that that gives them another opportunity. The right is so, they are amazing at taking anything and being able to twist it in their direction. Oh, and so does the left. I mean, that's what they're good at doing. Yeah, but I think, the right's, do. I think the right's much more effective with it because they can do it in a much simpler manner. They can make they can make a very quick sound oh, yeah. bite. The the left can twist it, but it takes them two paragraphs. The right can twist it, and it takes them a tweet. It just depends on what you want to believe. Yeah, you know. And obviously, we live in a society where you are taught ever since you are just out of the womb that cops are good, and we like to believe that cops are good because otherwise, everything that we believe to be true is not true, and society crumbles. Yeah. So it's a much stronger narrative to support people's notion that everything is okay, and the cops are good, and the people who the cops arrest need to be arrested. Yada 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 yada. We all know that. Mm. Hillary Clinton, she might be going to prison. Uh, <laughs> no, she's not. Some people are threatening. Let's talk about this now. The government's full of idiots, right? You're right. Um, we all know that. But then sometimes it's just so blatantly slapped on her face, like the beginning of that show, Would You Do That? What was that? What was the name? Was it the Dude Ranch show? Remember that? The person had, he had a, it was on, Nickel, uh, it was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't believe they do that on... You can't do that on television. You can't do that on television. (laughs) For those that don't know the reference, and I'm assuming none of you really do, (laughs) YouTube, you can't do that on television. One of the best show intros of all time. I have no idea what the show was about. I've completely forgot about it. Me too. Anyway, 
if you go back and you watch that intro, there's a stamp situation on somebody's face. <laughs> and that is sort of what's happening when it comes down to the ignorance and the unbelievable audacity for people to be running this country that don't use email. It is crazy. Lindsey Graham, he has a very, very high position in the government. Obviously, he's good friends with John McCain. What ISIS and uh, Boko Haram are now, so are John McCain and, uh, and Lindsey Graham. They are good buddies, and I cannot imagine what they talk about uh, in private. I'm sure it's all dated movies of, all about Audrey Hepburn and how they want to, you know, how they always knew Rock Hudson was gay. I'm assuming <laughs> that's what they talk about quite regularly. But he is a, what, what's the uh, committee that he's the chair of? He's on the United States Senate Judiciary Subcommittee on Privacy, Technology, and Law. And the jurisdiction of that, uh, it's going to get a little technical, but I think this is important to say. Uh, it's the oversight of laws and policies governing the collection, protection, use, and dissemination of commercial information by the private sector, including online behavioral advertising, privacy within social networking websites, and other online privacy issues, enforcement and implementation of commercial information privacy laws and practices, use of technology by the private sector to protect privacy, enhance transparency, and encourage innovation, privacy standards for the collection, retention, use, and dissemination of personally identifiable commercial information, and privacy implications of, this is the most important part, privacy implications... God damn it, Ben, I'm making a point here. Oh, I'm sorry. I fell Okay, yeah, so continue. Privacy implications <laughs> of new or emerging technologies. Okay, that is a long name for... That's a, what, okay, so that's what are they... jurisdiction. Do? That's what they do. Okay. Pretty much this thing that Lindsey Graham says that he yeah. has never used once in his life, he is in charge of governing the rules of how that thing is monitored, used, and regulated in the future as far as privacy goes. He doesn't give right. a fuck about the privacy of email. He doesn't get the big deal. He doesn't get why that's a problem right. because he's never used the technology once in his entire life. Lindsey Graham has never emailed a person ever. Never. Never don't you just want to knock it off your bucket list? <laughs> at some point at some point in your life, you're like, what is everybody doing 30 times a day? Email? <laughs> Maybe I'll try it. It's insane to me no. that he has never, ever hit send on an email. Never once. And he is in charge of the laws that are going to be legislated by his committee, right? Uh, privacy laws, yeah. I cannot... It is, it is one of those moments where you just realize, first of all, we just this is why we need term limits so bad. Yeah. Because we have people who are currently running this country who have never lived in a world, who have never used, who have never lived in a world where they thought it was mandatory that you use email. Yeah. It's crazy. How are they even communicating with... Do they send letters? Well, there is a, uh, of course, there's a guy that came out from the Washington Post, some conservative guy named Philip Bump. Uh, Philip Bump? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, of course, he's saying that it's no big deal that Lindsey Graham doesn't use email. But it's a little bit of a big deal that he doesn't have the interest of even doing it one time to get the feeling. Yeah. Just to, <laughs> like, fill out a subject, 
put somebody's email address. This is what people are doing in first, second, and third grade. People are emailing their homework to their teachers nowadays. Well, what this uh, conservative columnist says, what he says that using email tells you very little about how the system works. That's so not true because when you hit send and then you call the person, you're like, did you get it? And they say, yeah, you got how the system works, which is exactly <laughs> what Lindsey Graham is going to do when he does send his first email, which is what all elderly people do when they uh, use a new technology for the first time. They use the technology, then revert back to the old technology so they can make sure that the new technology worked. Mm-hmm. So the phone is just checking up on the email, <laughs> not realizing that the email is a very productive, safe way, guaranteed way to get your information across to somebody else. Yeah, this guy says that sending an email tells you much of anything about how email works is like suggesting that you're a pretty good mechanic because you once you rode in a cab. So, be, so this is the analogy: you're a good mechanic because you rode in a cab. So he has, which is just absolutely insane. Yeah, and absolutely he also, insane. and he said it also dis, is discredited because there are crazy people on the internet, sure. and crazy people have email addresses. Yeah, so you're less than them. <laughs> you're below the crazy. That's like not. That is not a defense for you not being able to do something. Yeah. Well, did you? Yeah, of of course. I, uh, you know, of, I've never had peanut butter. Um, so I'm in charge of peanut. I'm in charge of the peanut industry, though. I'm all, I'm all about the regulation. You know, well, not having peanut butter. That doesn't. I can still regulate peanut butter. You know, there's there's crazy people who who eat peanut butter. <laughs> so it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, but what this guy says is how Lindsey Graham uh, communicates is that he has all of his aides do it for him. Right. Like he's, so he's and just Lindsey Graham says, I can, he's like, if I get a text message, I know right. what that is. That's why if you would take these people and you would get rid of all the artifice, if you would get rid of all the aids, get rid of every single thing that we prop up around them to make us, to so that... To, to, so they can live the theatrical lie that they are actually powerful people. Mm-hmm. You strip it down to just them, you will realize they are all true morons. Yeah, I guarantee you, Lindsey Graham, if an aide isn't whispering in his ear about what to say right before he goes on stage, he is going to look like a Miss America trying to discuss how the environmental conditions in China are harming the global economic uh, situation. <laughs> you know, it, he yeah. is going to end up looking like such an unbelievable dolt because these people, again, are just nothing but figureheads. They are models. They are the same way that a model is, uh, you know, nothing more than a um, a spokesperson for the clothes that they're wearing, for that artist. The same way that uh, when you watch an, uh, when you when, when you see a model coming down the runway, you think about Calvin Klein and his clothes. You don't think about the human behind it. These politicians are just the model, and they're wearing these ridiculously nice clothes, and we're pretending as if they're something special. Well, as far as them just being somebody that does what someone else tells them to do, Lindsey Graham's official response to all this hubbub actually speaks towards that fact. He says, I've tried not to have a system where I can just say the first dumb thing that comes to my mind. Well, so just he's, he's use in, the third dumb thing, then. <laughs> How many dumb things are coming to your mind? We're like, I can't do it. Can't. He's swiping right on Tinder with, with his ideas. Swipe left on that idea, left on that idea, left on that idea. Yeah, barbecue for lunch, right on that idea. <laughs> I, I, I'm nailing the lunch today. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't. It, it's not hard to just think about what you send, to think about what you no, say. No, it's not. It's yeah. very easy, as a matter of fact, because yeah. you write it down, then you look at it, read it, and then if you're happy with it, send it. Is Otherwise, he, is he know. so unconfident in his own ability to communicate that he's got to filter every communication through an aid before it can be sent? I don't know, man. We did just see that video footage of him hanging out with all those college kids from uh, Oklahoma State when they were all on the bus. <laughs>
For those that don't get that reference, Oklahoma State University fraternity. I don't know the name of the fraternity. I don't really give a shit. Some random letters are in there. Uh, They had a very racist chant on a bus ride, and uh, they are completely off campus now. I don't know at what point someone thought it was a good idea to start filming that, but... uh, so I'm not, and I'm not sure if somebody filmed it to, because they thought it was hilarious and thought it was so cool, and they're like, "Let's share it. We're going to share it again. Mm-hmm. We're going to get so many lulls." Or if they were like, "This is really bad, and we're going to blow up this entire university or this entire fraternity from this university." Uh, but I'm not sure which was the uh, which was the case. It seems like it was somebody who thought that it was very bad because it's very short. The actual video clip is like five seconds, right? And it right. seems like it was probably someone who happened to be on that bus that didn't quite appreciate the horribly racist chant. Oh, it's awesome has no fucking place in 2015 and thought like, you know what? I'm about to get famous. Right, 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 right. Yes, and indeed they were. But now Hillary is in trouble um, for a whole different reason, but it still involves emails. She used her own personal email account when she was the Secretary of State. Apparently this is a huge no-no under rules put in place, I believe, by Colin Powell, who was the first Secretary of State to ever use email, which is crazy. (sighs) And Colin Powell says that none of his emails exist anymore. Yeah, I don't know where they all go. It was the same thing with Lois Lerner during the IRS scandal. She lost, how do you lose everything? They literally said that they lost their hard drive, and it was just, no, it's there. I guarantee you, you can find it. Yeah. The the era of, uh, I have have some documents here that really, uh, you know, they they incriminate you uh, hardcore regarding, let's just say with Hillary Clinton, regarding how we were actually using Benghazi as a, a route to aid the Syrian rebels. We're taking the taking the weapons and arms through, uh, you know, Turkey to get to Syria, right? Which is the uh, which is sort of the conspiracy theory, but I think very very possible. So let's just say she had some documents about that back in the day. You burn them, you flush them down a toilet, mm. or you have Pig Boy, the new personal assistant, you got <laughs> eat them at the company picnic, you know, because everyone knows that's why. Why'd you hire? Uh, Derek Pigboy uh, um, blund- Blunderbutt to, uh, yeah, that's what we call him, Pigboy. Oh, you wouldn't believe what he can do with a bad piece of paper. <laughs> he just slams it right down his gullet. Big boy, big boy, bad paper, bad paper, bad paper. <laughs> <laughs> Eating like Good the kid boy. from a Christmas uh, a Christmas story. How do you eat your potatoes? It's amazing. So this is a bad scandal for her. People are saying she's going to release 55, I believe it's 55,000 documents, emails, and uh, but they're going to do it all themselves. So everybody wants to know what she was emailing and how, uh, you know, and what they were talking about. The scandal to me is a little bit, I don't think it's going to really resonate that hard with the American people because at the end of the day, people really don't. If, the, if she releases some emails, I don't think people are going to... From there, you just have to assume the worst or assume the best, and people already do that with her. You know, mm-hmm. like if she doesn't show all the emails, people are going to assume that, you know, she was on Air Fuck One with Bill <laughs> with all the underage girl prostitutes as they were hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. And then on the left, people are just like, well, she was probably just telling Bill how much she loved his last speech at the Clinton Initiative mm-hmm. and how they can't wait to have a wonderful vacation together in Toronto. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, because and- really it's just about... You can fill that narrative with with whatever side you want to fill it with, but it is very controversial because it was one of her own policies that said she had to, um, you know, use not a personal email account. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's going to be a uh, looks like a press conference here within the next couple of days. Ooh, exciting! Yeah, possibly a sit down interview. I can't wait. A good sit-down interview. I want that Dateline special to happen where Hillary gets an email from Lindsay. <laughs> 
That'll be so exciting. Lindsey Graham has to use the internet, has to send an email on live television. This will be bigger than when Geraldo tried to open up Capote's safe. Not Capote. Capone's <laughs> Capone. safe. <gasps> Al Capone's oh. safe. Not Truman Capote's safe. Uh, that is full of rubber things. <laughs> Holy Christ. The safe of Truman Capote would not be safe for television. We'll have to have a five-day delay on that when we open up Truman Capote's safe. Oh, this is just going to be a dreadful time when they open up my safe. I just can't. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like when they open it up. Oh, it's going to be brutal. Oh, my goodness. I'd appreciate if I was out of town in the Bahamas when this happens. Oh, man, it's so nice to have Truman Capote with us, though. That's perfect. So that's the Hillary scandal. But, you know, all these things with Hillary, I think that we're just so bored of hearing about Hillary. We almost This almost helps her to keep her name still in the news. Yeah. Everyone is just un- so sure she's the front runner for the White House on both sides. I just don't necessarily think that that's entirely true. That she's the front runner? I mean, she's the front runner, but I don't think the people really, people are much smarter than than we give them credit for. Or at least if they're not smarter, they're much dumber, dumber to the degree that it's like, just because you told me so, I ain't doing it. (laughs) You know, that's the same way with like helmet laws, Mm -hmm. like the seatbelt law that I was talking about earlier. I used to wear my seatbelt, but I don't know more because I ain't going to obey no federal, uh, you know, regulation or state regulations. So I think the fact she's just being slammed down so much, and if this is the biggest scandal they can get that she used a personal email account, I don't think people really understand why it's important, and I don't think people see it, uh, the scope of it, quite as large as uh, someone like Trey Gowdy, who is trying to make his entire political career off of this uh, email scandal, are trying to make it out to be. Well, one source said that the reason why she didn't use the uh, secure State Department email server, she couldn't access it on her BlackBerry. That would be a perfect reason. Yeah, and the, the BlackBerry yeah. is known to be a very big thing in the Clinton administration and the Obama administration, too. They ran the whole damn thing on Blackberries. I don't like it. Trey Gowdy, by the way, I just mentioned his, mentioned his name. He's really going after Hillary here. He wants, to be the, he wants to be the man that takes her down, and he is weird looking. <laughs> he's one of the, he's all, he, I think he might suffer Ugh. from an albino-ism uh, type thing. I mean, he's white to begin with, but he's got the unbelievably just see-through hair. Yeah, he's got the see-through hair, and he's also got the forceps head. Yes. I grew up with a guy who, uh... The, forceps when, head, like when the doctor is pulling the child out? Yeah, because oh, okay. uh, yeah, because a baby's skull is very malleable in the early years, especially when a baby is first born. Right. The uh, skull hasn't taken shape yet. You know, babies still have the hole in their head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if they use the forceps to pull the baby out, and they're not very good at it, say it's a rural Texas hospital, sure. they can be a little forceful with it and cause the head to become cone-shaped near the top, and it looks like this Trey Gowdy fella might be a forceps victim. Do he you, looks like a forceps baby. Do you get a refund? <laughs> if you go to the doctor and the doctor makes your baby a cone head, I need at least half off that birth. Look at that head, Ben. Tell me that's not a cone head. He's got a forcep head. <laughs> He definitely does. So he's really he's he's in the news all over the place right now, talking to all the anyone that will listen, discussing the uh, the email controversy. Out of all the controversy, it, uh, out of all the controversies to be discussed, again, I'm still just really happy that Hillary knows how to email. Yeah, that to me is what she needs to hold. She needs to hang her hat on that and just be like, 
but now at least you know I can do it. Yeah. I'm a gal of the 20, whatever. What are we in the 21st century? Yeah, we're in the tw- We've been 21st century good 15 years now. Oh, my God. <laughs> These centuries are just flying by. <laughs> flying by. And we've and now we've added on to the theory that Ben is ageless. Oh, my goodness. I've been around <laughs> for years. Man, I'll tell you, this Jim, D- this uh, Trey Gowdy guy, all oh, big meme guy. Mm. If you type in an uh, image search on Trey Gowdy, he's got a ton of those pictures with text, uh, him being quoted on certain okay. things. He looks to be quite the conservative hero, or at least among the Benghazi set. He is right now, yeah. I don't think uh, he, he made a big splash at t- CPAC, mm. and a bunch of people did, you know, but he was, yeah, he was certainly one of them. So he's looking to take down Hillary and, uh, you know. What maybe being Secretary of State was not the best thing that could have happened for her. It no. seems to be the only blemish on her resume that people are constantly trying to drudge up because when you're Secretary of State, bad things happen. And certainly, obviously, bad things happened underneath her time there. And but nothing worse than what's happening now. You know, I mean John Kerry is looking like a a chode half the time talking about how Islamic State isn't Islamic. Which I don't understand again. Same thing with uh, the John Clapper when he was saying that mm-hmm. they want to separate, you know, the uh, the Islamic uh, extremist, the the whole uh, the they want to separate half the name um, and just make it, I guess, state or they want to call it Daesh, which literally means thing that lives under my foot. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Are you serious? Yeah, that's what they want to call it. That, <laughs> but you know, you'll have the you'll have a similar controversy as well if he ever does choose to run for the presidency again. But I think that uh, time has ran out for Mr. John Kerry. <laughs> I think so. Um, all right, everyone. I think those are pretty much that's pretty much the the bigger news stories of the week. That's the bigger ones, yeah. We'll see if Hillary can get out of this. I think that she will. Everything should be fine. Um Yeah. Let's see. Boko Haram. ISIS, they're buddies, that's nice. Everything in Ferguson's terrible. Wisconsin's still Wisconsin. <laughs> I tell you, I've been gaining an affinity yeah. for the Midwest lately. Yeah, why? Been, been, been binge watching this Fargo show. Oh, how is it? That's set in Minnesota. It's fantastic. It's one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. But I tell you, I'm gaining. A, I'm loving the word heck. Oh, heck! Is I'm a saying great word. that a lot. Like you yeah. know, I'm just all out of hex. Oh, oh my! <laughs> um, I'm like an oofta. Oh, my dad was a King Oofta. My dad was saying oofta every time he took a dump. Anything was an oofta. <laughs> I'm loving. Oh, you don't say. Yeah, but they do. Yeah, <laughs> but they're but they're always they always are saying, oh, you don't say. But it's always something very very s- simple, like you know, yeah, Mikey, he he graduated eighth grade. Oh, you don't say. What else did you think was going to happen? <laughs> of course, he graduated eighth grade. It's crazy. I watched the movie Fargo with my grandmother, who grew up in North Fargo, North Dakota, obviously, mm. and uh, she was very upset because she didn't think it represented the the town very well. Well, the, not a single bit of it actually happened in Fargo. That's right. But in the, in the movie, there was the scene with the uh, leg being uh, jammed into oh, the yeah, wood yeah. chipper, which did occur in the film in Fargo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, she took uh, she took issue uh, with it. She took umbrage to that. Yeah, and then she walked out of the room and her pants fell down. <laughs> I swear to God. I, I, I tell it all the time. the pants falling down. My grandmother's pants were always falling down. And uh, it was another moment where they did. <laughs> Oofta. All right, well, go on the Facebook page. Let us know what you think. Uh, that's Marcus Parks on Twitter. I'm at Ben Kissel on Twitter. And uh, we'll talk to you all soon.